Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Church, everyone, let's give Jesus a bigger hand clap than that, amen. Thanks, God. We're honored that you would join us this weekend. I know uh, everybody, you know, time change weekend, you know, it's, it's, it's always a gamble whether people come to church or not, but you guys beat the alarm clock. Well done. You did it. You did it. Amen. We are, uh, if you're new with us, we are, we are making our way through the book of James uh, in the New Testament. It's been a great series. It absolutely has. And it's, it's, I, I usually like to just take the first few minutes of every message and kind of review but we've covered so much ground in the last, what, 11 weeks that uh, there's no way I can really do that. There is one thing I can talk about, and uh, that is that we're all learning that if you just breeze through your Bible, you miss stuff. You miss stuff. And so what we've intentionally done is we've intentionally slowed way down, and we're just taking it verse by verse, and we're just kind of walking and working our way through the book of James, and we've learned so much I had a guy uh, last service say, Preacher, you're stepping on my toes this weekend. Well, my, my classic response to that, if your toes are on the tracks when this train comes through, that's not my fault. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not my fault. But this weekend, uh, James steps on all of our toes. Let me just say this. I mean, your preacher included, your pastor included. Um, there's some things that the Lord is gracious uh, and is allowing us to learn in some of these areas. I don't claim to know it all, uh, but I am learning. I'm growing and uh, endeavoring to bring to you what the Lord is showing us. And so today we're going to read James chapter 4, verse 6. Uh, and we're just going to take this one text of Scripture and unpack this and see how it applies to our lives. The Bible says, but he gives us more grace. A lot of people think, well, God, you know, the grace that God gives you is all that he has. No, 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 no. According to this, he gives us more grace. So there's an, an ability or a way to actually get more grace. That's why the scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. I want to talk for the next few minutes about pride and humility. And I really believe that the Lord's going to show us some things if you'll lean into this, all right? Don't just leave the preacher up on the stage by himself today. Like, come on, pull in, pull, pull the Word of God out. You know, I, I say this uh, almost every week, I feel like, but what happens in the next few minutes is largely dependent on you. Not so much me. I'm ready. I got nine pages of notes today, right? I'm ready, okay? But what happens largely depends on your willingness to receive from the Holy Spirit, not from a man, from the Holy Spirit. So all you do is you just, you just say a simple prayer, Lord, I just want to receive from you today. Show me how this message applies to me. And he will unlock your understanding and he'll show you things you've never seen before. Amen. That's what we want, isn't it? We want to grow. We all want to grow. We all want to become more like Jesus. And so let's just pray. Father, we love you. We're thankful for your word. Lord, we know that your word applies to all of us. There's not one person on the face of the planet that has ever exhausted everything there is to know about the word of God. Lord, that's what makes it so much alive. 
That's what makes it so interesting, is every time we read your word, Father, we see something we've never seen before. We get something new, Father. We feel ourselves growing closer to you and becoming more like Christ, which is what he told us to do. He encouraged us to become like him. So, Father, that's what we want to do today. We lean into your word. Show us things that apply to us. Father, undoubtedly, there's going to be areas that we haven't even thought about. We didn't even know were issues until today. And Lord, because of your love and your mercy, you'll graciously carry us through to the other side of this. And we trust you for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So I won't say I got a friend. He's more of an acquaintance. Um, he, you don't know him. You won't know him. You can go through all of my friends on my Facebook and you'll never find him. But he, he lives in a different state. But it seems like every time this guy posts a picture on his social media, it's always with a celebrity. It's always with an actor, a musician, a, a, someone in the political arena. And every single time he's like, and he, you know, he's like, me, I'm hanging out with Brad. You know, I'm hanging out with Brad. And it's Brad Pitt. You know what I mean? But he calls him Brad, right? Like they're on first name basis or something. And, uh, and, and he's, got, he's got all of these people that are on his page. And I mean, I, I'm going to be honest, I look at him and I'm like, how in the world does he know all of these guys, right? And then I was actually talking to a mutual friend of ours. I mean, I know, like I'm friends with, with, with this guy and he's friends with the guy that I just know of. And I'm like, man, how does this, his name came up. I'm like, how does this guy know so many people? And he laughed and he said, he doesn't know those people. He finds out where those people are going to be. And then he shows up to where those people are. And then he does selfie bombs with them. In other words, he gets, his, he gets his camera ready, right? He gets his camera ready. And then he walks up and he's like, hey, Brad, what's up? Click. Hey, me and Brad hanging out at the uh, whatever. You know what I mean? That's what he does. He does that all the time. And it's because he wants you to think that he's more popular or more well-known than he actually is. And the Bible has a term for that. The Bible calls that pride. And we're not talking about the prior to prior, you know what I mean, marching band. There, you know, there is, you know, home, home school pride or whatever, down home pride, whatever. That, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something very different here. In fact, when James says... This is why the scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. He's actually, he's actually walking us down a path here. Now, you could read this scripture and breeze right through it, and it'll, it'll never change your life. Or you can slow down and see what God thinks about pride and humility. See, the temptation is just to check off our devotion, check off our Bible reading for the day because we've got things to do. Or we can pause long enough and see what the Lord wanted us to learn from this context of Scripture here. The Bible shows that God is a very loving, heavenly Father. And when you think of a loving person, you, you think that they probably, you know, they're very loving. They don't ever get mad. They don't dislike anything. They just love everyone. And that's true. God does love everyone. But make no mistake about it, the Bible doesn't say that God hates a lot, but there are a few things that the Bible says that the Lord hates. In fact, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, there are six things the Lord 
hates. Now, hate is a very strong word. Seven that are detestable to him. Like, I think if the Lord hates something, we ought to figure out what the Lord hates and probably dislike it ourselves. Are you with me, friends? The very first thing Proverbs mentions here are haughty eyes. Now, I'm not talking about, ooh, he's got some hot eyes. No, 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 no. Haughty, the Bible says. Haughty. It can be defined as arrogantly superior. Disdainful. Some synonyms of haughty would be arrogant, proud, lofty, lordy. One synonym is uppish. Got uppish eyes. Kind of like they turn their nose up at you. Uppish, right? What are haughty eyes? Glaring. You know what I mean? Glaring. (laughs) Rolling your eyes. These are haughty eyes, right? Snobbish looks. You know, when people look like, look at you like you're an idiot, you know? That's so dumb. That's pride. Make no mistake about it, that's pride. Believe it or not, getting embarrassed can become dangerously close to pride. Well, why? I mean, we all get embarrassed. Yeah, I'm not talking about when you do something silly. And you're like, oh, that was silly. I'm kind of embarrassed about that. I'm talking about the root of why you are embarrassed. If you are embarrassed because you feel like you look, you look worse in people's eyes, like you care what they think more than you care what God thinks, all of a sudden we're getting dangerously close to pride. Are you with me today, friends? Yes. Let's just see what the scripture says, all right? Let's just let the, the scripture do all the heavy lifting today. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, he says. Evil behavior and perverse speech. Proverbs 16, 5, the Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. So you kind of start to develop a little bit of how much the Lord is fond or not fond of pride. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 3. To do what is right and is just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Haughty eyes and a proud heart, an unplowed field of the wicked, produce sin, the scripture says. So why, don't I, why do I not like pride? Because it always leads to sin, he says, Right? This is why James is taking the week 11 of our series and calling this stuff out for us. Now, we want to learn, don't we? We want to grow. We want to become more like Christ. So we need to to slow down and look at this. He gives us more grace. That's why the scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Now, I don't know about you, but favor is a huge thing. I want favor in my life. If it were not for favor, we would not experience half of what we experience in life. In fact, there is a lot of people out there taking credit for something that the favor of God allowed you to be a part of, and you're making it sound it was like something you did. You know what I mean? I studied really hard, or I had this, I won this opportunity, or I got this uh, this, this, this thing happened to me. No, 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 no. That was the favor 
of the Lord. Now, humility, according to Scripture, is what brings God's favor. Some people think, well, it's just luck. I'm just a lucky person. I'm lucky, lucky. Trust me, there's a difference between luck and humility. Luck is make-believe. Favor is real. Favor is a real thing. If you're operating in favor, you can't go up to the casino, put your quarter in the machine and go, I got the favor of the Lord. You just lost your quarter, right? You just lost your quarter. That's how that goes, all right? And we're not talking about luck. We're talking about favor. And if you want to understand favor, operating in the favor of the Lord, you can tell when you've got the favor of the Lord on you in your life, in your relationships. I mean, you, you, you are blessed and you know where it's coming from. You live in the favor. Well, then you've got to understand humility to understand favor. Humility means to make low or to go low. Humility means to bow down. Humility is what we do to ourselves. No one forces us to be humble. You, 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 for, you do this to you. I mean, you bow down yourself. No, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's, it's something that we do to ourselves. It also means meekness. It means gentleness. It means mildness. Now, you don't have to be a weak person to be humble. You can have a very strong and confident personality and still be a humble person. Are you with me, friends? Pride, however, is the exact opposite of humility. Pride scoffs at humility. Pride scoffs at humility. It means high-minded in a bad way. Not in a good way, in a bad way. Haughty, to inflate. It means to puff up. One term is braggadocious. It's actually a word, braggadocious. It, it means to brag about oneself. One translation or one definition says to envelop in smoke. And that's what I feel like a lot of people who are in pride do. They're just trying to blow smoke. Are you with me, friends? But pride is the exact opposite of humility. You know, we, we've all met arrogant people. Arrogance is a form of pride. Now, you can be confident and not get over into arrogance. I know people who are very confident people, but very humble people. Are you with me? They're not arrogant. They're not boastful. They're not bragging. They're very confident, but they're not they're not arrogant about it. You can, you can be confident uh, and humble at the same time. Examples from Scripture of someone who is in pride, because we kind of need to see some examples so we know what the Bible is talking about. Daniel chapter 5, this is the time when Belteshazzar was king. Taylor was just talking about Nebuchadnezzar. Belteshazzar was the son of Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar had raided the temple of the Lord at Jerusalem, stolen all the gold artifacts out of the temple. Um, Belteshazzar now is reigning in his place. He's your typical punk 20-something kid who's got rich parents and now set him up to rule the, the, to rule the kingdom, right? That's who Belteshazzar is. And one day, he's throwing this party. He's using the holy artifacts from the temple of the Lord, and he's just he's pouring booze in them, and they're celebrating, and they're drinking. Right? It's just this kind of this raging party, defacing God in public. 
when one day he sees what appears to be the fingers of a human hand just appear right there in front of him and all of his buddies. They're like, what are you giving us to drink, bro? Like, right? You know, there's like, here it is. It, 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 it appears and it begins to chisel onto. So imagine this being the palace wall. All of us are at his party. All of a sudden, this, uh, this, this hand appears and begins to scratch into the plaster of the wall. This phrase that he cannot read or understand. Verse 5. Suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall. In other words, this is not just smudging the glass on your you know, windshield. This is like, he, you're going to see this when, whether you're drunk or not. Like, he, you're going to see this, right? On the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace, the king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale. I don't know where your blood goes when you freak out, when you see something scary like that, but it, does, it leaves your face. You know what I mean? The Bible says his face turned pale. He was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. So I guess apparently that's a real thing. You know what I mean? He's, he's freaking out of here. The king summoned the enchanters, the astrologers, the diviners, and, and then he said to the wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck. In other words, I'm going to make you rich if you can tell me what this means. And then he goes on to say this. Uh, Whoever reads this writing will be clothed in purple, have a gold chain placed around his neck, and will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. So promotion. Then all the king's wise men came in. They're like, what an opportunity. All I was going to do is read the writing. But they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. Now, fortunately, Belteshazzar's married to a woman who remembers that there is a prophet of God in the kingdom who is able to read uh, or to tell people their dreams, their meaning of their dreams or visions. His name's Daniel. He served your dad. He's hanging around. You should ask him what it says. I bet he knows. Verse 18, he calls him into his presence. Daniel reads the writing on the wall, which is where we get that phrase, the, you know, can't you see the writing on the wall? Your majesty, the most high God gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. Because of the high position he gave him, all the nations and peoples of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to uh, spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted to humble, he humbled. Verse 20. But when his heart, look here, became arrogant and hardened with what? Pride. Pride. He was disposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. In other words, he didn't lay it down. It was taken away from him. And essentially what Daniel is telling Belteshazzar here, same thing's headed in your direction if you don't change your arrogance. If you don't come off your high horse, if you don't, if you don't recognize the Lord, the same thing, your future. It's your future's next is what he's telling him right here. 
So we see that. The Lord was telling him that you'll have the same fate if you don't change. And how many of you guys know we can all change? We can all, we're all becoming more like Christ every single day. So let's look at some you know, other examples of pride through Scripture. The very first sin in Scripture we think is Adam and Eve. Nah, you got to go back a little bit further. The very first sin in Scripture actually was pride. We can see that the Bible talks about how the devil himself used to be an archangel, used to be on the leadership team in heaven. The Bible says he was actually the worship leader of heaven, and he would hear the whole host of heaven. He would lead them in worshiping God. And then one day he, he, he steps back and he hears how all of the hosts of heaven are worshiping God, all the angelic beings, and he's like, they should... They should worship me. I want that. I want people to worship me, not God. And instantly, pride was found in him, the Bible says. It was found in him. How could an anointed cherub who is in the presence of God all the time get to a place where he could, he, uh, he could believe that he, he was anything compared to the creator? Of heaven and earth. Pride. Obadiah chapter 3 says this the pride of your heart has deceived you. In other words, how do you get this thing? How do you get this way? How do you get to that place where you could actually think you're anything compared to God? Well, your pride has deceived you, the Bible says. Meaning this, this is why some people honestly can be so deceived. They think they're right. They think they deserve this. And what it is, is it's their own pride deceiving them. Well, what does pride look like in real time? We see evidence of pride. Pride speaks of itself. Anytime you use the phrase or the word, I, mine, my, we're getting dangerously close to pride. Now, those are obviously words. If, 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 if someone comes and says, who left their dirty socks in the living room? And you say, those are mine. That's not pride, right? That's, that's humility in that moment, right? I forgot to pick up my socks. All right, my bad. Who left the milk out on the counter all night long? And now I have to pour it out. Oh, that was me. Sorry, I was in a hurry, right? That's, that's actually humility. But... Be careful because anytime you use the phrase I or mine, you're getting brutally close to pride. John chapter 7, verse 18, whoever speaks on their own does so, why? To get personal glory. You're looking for the praise of people. You're looking for attention. You're looking to be right. You want to be noticed. You want to impress. I did this. That's my job, my work. Those, those are my success stories. I get the credit for that. Are you with me, friends? Pride seeks to impress. Pride wants you to be impressed. You wants you to know what I have done. You know, don't try to impress. Just be impressive. We have a saying around your place, church, don't tell people you're awesome. Just be awesome. Just be awesome. You don't have to tell people you're awesome. Just be awesome. 
Be awesome in your gifting. Be awesome in your calling. Be awesome in what God has assigned you to do. Are you talking about yourself all the time, or can you hear and praise others? Do you have to share your viewpoint, or can you be quiet? Or do you have to share what you know, especially if you have some experience in that area? Like, you know some things. The Lord has graced us uh, with the opportunity for the last eight or nine years to coach pastors and church planners all across the world. And uh, he's allowed us to, to find out some things. A lot of it is just by experience. I mean, we've tripped and fell into holes and ran over roadblocks, and we're just more than anything going, guys, don't do that. Like, there's a hole right there. Like, we've just learned some stuff by hard knocks. But we know some things, and the Lord has allowed us to speak to other ministers and churches, which is awesome. But here's what I don't do. I don't walk into a, a group of pastors who are talking about is, is issues or situations in their life. And uh, when they're saying something, I don't just say, oh, you know what you need to do? I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to blah, 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 blah. I don't do that. I know what I know. And if they want, if, when they invite me into the conversation, then I'll speak up. But I don't just force information on them. Does that make sense, friends? Why? Because it's prideful. It's prideful. Pride says, I have three of those at home, and one of them is a rare one. Pride gets jealous because you think you deserve more than you do. Are you unhappy unless you're noticed? Well, that's pride in its purest form. Unless you're seen, how do you cope with being ignored? Being ignored doesn't bother, bother humility because you don't miss something that you're not looking for. I'm going to say that again. Being ignored doesn't, or doesn't bother humility because you don't miss something you're not looking for. I wasn't looking for recognition. I wasn't looking for the attaboy. I wasn't looking for those things. And because I wasn't looking for them, then I don't miss them. Pride is a name dropper. Hanging out with Brad. People I know, places I've been, my brand of clothing. Someone compliments you on your outfit. Oh, thanks. I got it at Gucci when I was in New York City during Christmas. And while I was shopping there, Carl Lentz was right next to me, right? You know, it's like pride is a name dropper. Ask yourself, why am I telling someone this? What am I trying to do? Am I informing them or am I trying to solicit a response of impressing them? Are we trying to one-up people? That sounds good, but mine's better. I mean, we'd never say that, but that's essentially what we're doing. Are you with me, friends? Yeah. It's keeping up with the Joneses mentality. What are we teaching our kids when we go into debt to live a certain way or a certain lifestyle? just because someone else may have been blessed at that present time more than it seems like we are. Remember, this is the stuff the Lord hates. Are you with me, friends? God loves you. Make no mistake about it. He loves everyone. But he does not care for pride or arrogance. Pride is not interested in others. 
Pride is not a good listener because pride doesn't care. Pride doesn't care what you have to say. Pride only cares what it has to say. Pride is an interrupter. It only talks about itself. It's only interested in what it's interested in. Can we show genuine, there's the key word, genuine interest in others? Or is our viewpoint the only viewpoint that matters? Genuine interest in others. Tell me about that. How did that make you feel? Interesting. Can I pray with you? Pride, humility shows genuine interest in others. Pride presumes that others are only interested in me and what I have to say. People really want to hear this. But they believe that because, again, Obadiah says the pride of your heart deceives you. They believe, no, 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 you want to hear me. You, you're interested in what I have to say. Humility has enough awareness to realize when someone's just not interested in what I'm saying. And, 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 and gets quiet. Pride assumes. Humility asks. Pride will not show impression, even if it's impressed. If, it, if, if, if pride gets impressed, it won't show you. It, it, they may be impressed, but they're not going to let you know because, well, that shows weakness and I'm prideful. Are you with me, friends? Have you ever been with someone and experienced something amazing, but they've always seen bigger and better? They've always done more. You could have enjoyed a restaurant, and they, they would say, well, that, yeah, that's good, but you ought to try this restaurant. Oh, my gosh, the plates are twice as expensive, but the food's so good. I go there all the time. What is that? Right. Wants you to be impressed. Wants you to think there's something special. Humility can be impressed. In fact, humility says, wow, you've lost 40 pounds. I'm still thinking about it, right? It's like awesome. That's impressive. How did you do that? Can you meal plan for me? Yeah, like, like how do we become friends? Pride will get mad. Pride is unreasonable. If someone has success in something, then why does that anger you? If someone's relationship seems to be better than yours with their spouse or their life seems to be different than yours, something that you long for, why does that make you mad or jealous? Because there's pride there. Humility will ask, how did you do that? Help me out. I'm all ears. I'm willing to change. Give me some tips, right? Consequently, those people are the ones who get more grace, the Bible says. Pride will not ask for help will not ask for directions. Come on, fellas. Pride, pri pride won't ask for assistance. You know what? They could be operating a piece of equipment. It could be an office equipment. It could be heavy equipment. Pride will not ask somebody who knows what they're doing. They'll jump on and make you, make you believe they're, they're an expert at it when they haven't even touched this piece of equipment. Pride is all about lying and secrecy. Pride exaggerates, portrays a false image, a false front, doesn't want you to know what the truth really is, doesn't want you to know how I really live. 
It works hard to create this false image, which, by the way, seems exhausting, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I got to live this false image so I can make you believe I'm better than I, than I really am, which is why I love your place, church. You don't have to walk in here and live some facade. No one here is judging you. No one here cares. Like, we're excited when God blesses you. And we're going to be like, hey, what'd you do? Like, come on, share the wealth. Talk to me. Tell me, tell me what you pray. What scriptures did you stand on? Why? We celebrate with those or rejoice with those who rejoice. Pride is defensive. Pride is an arguer. Pride is a strife causer. Proverbs 13.10 says, where there is strife, there's pride. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. If you see strife, if you see, if you see contention, fighting, arguing, make no mistake, there's pride there somewhere. Does the Lord like pride? No. No. Does not like arrogance? Does not like pride? Humility is what the Lord enjoys. It's not about me being right or who's right. It's a matter of what's right. That's what matters. I just want to know what's right. If it's not me, so be it. I'm okay with admitting I'm wrong. I'm okay admitting that my idea did not work. I just want the right idea. Amen, everyone? Pride is often embarrassed, offended, and hurt. When you get mad or hurt, Make yourself look inside and ask yourself, why am I offended? Why am I hurt? Why does this bother me? People will get their feelings hurt all the time. They'll stop coming to church because they weren't treated a way that they thought they they were supposed to be treated. They got offended. They got hurt. Make no mistake about it. There's pride there somewhere. And can I just get on my soapbox for just a little bit? I'm going to stand on my soapbox for a little bit. I actually had a soapbox a guy made for me. I had it backstage. I could stick it out. Poof, it said soapbox on it, and I'd stand up on it. You know what I mean? All right, Two, 15 seconds of soapbox here. I've heard this statement a, a lot here lately. Hey, um, you know, I've been gone for like three weeks, and no one even noticed I was gone. Like, you guys don't even care. I'm here. Let me, let me clear something up. We have three services on the weekend, and a lot of people... A, a good portion of people that worship with us worship or uh, worship the park. No, work in the park. And they work swing shifts, right? Sometimes they have weekends on and weekends off. And so we realize that the bulk of the people that we see and worship with on the weekend, we probably see them twice a month at best because of their work schedules. And so we're not going to be the church that takes attendance at the door. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Everybody can do what they want to do. We're just not going to be that church. If you want to worship with us, we want to worship with you. Now, I will tell you this. If you're on a serve team and you don't show up that weekend, we notice. All right. We we are very much aware that you are not there because your name was on a schedule. Right. Or if you're a part of a life group. In fact, if you want to feel like you're a part of a church that's like a family, it's so much more than weekend services. Most of the ministry that happens at your place church does not happen on Sunday morning during this service. Most of the ministry that happens, happens in those relationships that you build on your serve teams and in those life group ministries that are happening. 
Amen, everyone? Amen. So if you want to feel like you're a part of something, get involved or get involved in a life group. Amen, everyone? Right. Soapbox is over. Moving right along. Amen. Humility expects nothing but appreciates everything. You cannot be gracious to someone who feels like they deserve it. I'll say that one again. You cannot be gracious to someone who feels like they deserve it. Pride is unthankful, ungrateful. Humility is very thankful. If someone does something special for you, you're thankful. Thank you. Gosh, I realize how much time it must have taken you to do that. Or thank you for thinking of me, stopping your day and bringing this to me or, or saying this about me. It's very thankful. If someone does something special for you, humility will acknowledge it. The whole plan of redemption is set up this way. We don't deserve any of this. This is all because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's all a free gift given to us, and we don't deserve any of it. Are you with me, friends? Very grateful for the blood of Jesus Christ. I know I struggled with this for, for years and, and still do. Lord's still unpacking my heart, and I'm still seeing areas of pride I'm even dealing with. Your prior is not, I mean, your, your prior, your pastor is not infallible, right? All right, so like I'm, I'm learning, I'm growing just like you guys are. But I can remember being uh, in my 20s and uh, working for a larger ministry and the uh, ministry, all the ministry department leaders had a radio. It was like a radio that we all could talk to each other on. And uh, we just had one radio and a pager. Come on, beat me, right? Beat me, beep, 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 right? And we had a pager and, and I worked in the garage and uh, the mechanics. And uh, we were always, there was always a mechanic on call, and we, we took turns um, taking that radio and that pager home, because if one of our buses went out, we had to go fix it. Like if we popped a tire or broke down, the mechanic on call had to go, and wherever they were, we had to go and service the, uh, the bus, the car, the truck, whatever it was. And I can remember, for whatever reason, we had this huge honking two-way radio in the garage. Like everybody else had these slim line, really, you know, cute radios with these little cute antennas, right? We had this monstrosity of a radio, right? But did you know that I liked the thought of being looked at because I carried that radio? And so only the department heads got radios. And so versus keeping this little beeper on vibrate on my belt that if anything happened, it would just go, you know what I mean? I carried that daggum radio everywhere I went when I was on call. I'd walk into restaurants, excuse me, important here, on call, put it right on the, put it, turn, you know, turn, shh, turn the squelch up and down, because, you know, you got you to make sure you hear it, right? Shh. I had this radio everywhere I went because, you know, I'm important, I'm special, I got a radio, you know what I mean? Got a radio. You know what that is? Ugly, stinking pride. That's what that is. I wanted people to think I was important, and it was wrong. Does anybody else think that James is just bent on pointing out every possible thing that we could possibly think of here? But hasn't it been so good? Now that we know what pride is, how do we overcome it? I know I'm a, I'm a little over my time here, but just, just go with me. A mentor of mine was asking the Lord, and the Lord told him, would you like to know 
or increase your capability or capacity to receive from me? He's like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, and more yes. Like, what do I do? He said, cultivate. That means it doesn't happen naturally. You have to do it. Cultivate a lifestyle of gratitude, of thanksgiving, even for the little things. Cultivate a lifestyle of gratitude, which makes sense because James goes on to say, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Like, like genuinely come near to God. Recognize, first of all, how God feels about pride. And then realize that right now this message is fresh. In a few weeks when that promotion comes, when that gift in the mail shows up, when someone blesses you, when you get a promotion, whatever. You know what I mean? You get a raise. Recognize where that came from. The Bible says it's the Lord that causes promotion. He sets one in office and removes another one. Are you with me, friends? And so recognize that everything you have is a gift from your heavenly Father. And even if the Lord did wire you with some significance, with some talent, with some gifting, make no mistake about it, without that gift that the Lord gave you, you would be nothing. Are you with me, friends? You would be zero recognize that and be thankful be thankful for the little things when someone pays you a compliment just tell them thank you we've had to have staff meetings sometimes along this lines because some people they don't know how to receive a compliment they just feel weird uh you're talking about me you know what i mean it's okay stand there pause smile and just say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for noticing that. Thank you for pointing that out. We believe we're, we're, we're receiving from the Lord. Everybody catches me after service and talks about how much they love the book of James and they think I'm like some great preacher. I'm just reading the book. That's all I'm doing. He's doing all the heavy lifting. But in those moments, I'm like, well, I believe the Lord is taking us on a journey because he is. And it's not, listen to me, it's not a false humility. Can I harp on this for just a second? Oh, God's, it's God's grace. You don't mean that. You are even in pride in trying to give credit to God. Like just genuinely give him the credit. We just believe God's moving, amen? We just believe that God's blessing us. And I, I wouldn't know anything if it not been for the, for the grace and the mercy of God. He's the one that's allowed me to have this opportunity, to have this uh, position, to have this experience. Be thankful. Even if it's for the little things. You know what? You hate that car you drive. It makes all kinds of noises that it's not supposed to make. Man, sit in that car and be like, God, thank you. I at least got a car. Ali's got a car. It gets me from point A to point B. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Instead of, I hate this car. I hate everything about this car. This car even stinks on the inside. I don't know what it is. It's, it smells bad. You know what I mean? 
Like, be thankful for it. I had a, a lady last service. I, I said that statement, and she walked me out into the parking lot. She says, I had a car that I thank God for it every time I got in it. And some things were going wrong with it. And she walked me out, and she's like, look what the Lord did. And she walked me out to her 2020 brand new car that the Lord just got for her. Amen, everyone? It's because she was grateful. She was thankful for what God is doing, right? You'll never truly experience intense worship if you're in pride. You can praise God and maintain a little bit of haughtiness, but true worship is stripping off all of the facade and just coming boldly into the throne room of grace where you can obtain mercy and grace in a time of need, the Bible says. Strip it all off. God, I am nothing without you. This is why James says he gives more grace. Every single communicator that comes out on this platform, the worship team, if, you, if you're privileged to, to worship with the worship team, they do this too. Right before they walk out on stage, they all huddle up back there in that backstage there. And they're like, Lord, anoint us. We're doing this for you. They don't walk up here like rock stars and you all bow to me and we'll be signing autographs in the foyer after service. They don't do that because God gives grace, more grace to the humble. Are you with me, friends? Every communicator, man, right before I got out on stage, I've done this service already once today and I got one right after this. But I still stopped and I said, Lord, I cannot do this without you. Amen, everyone? Recognize that. There's a difference between pride and humility, confidence and arrogance. Thanks, James. Appreciate this one today. Father, we love you. And we're so thankful for your word. Lord, we know that the entrance of your word brings light. And Lord, there's been some light shed in some areas of our own life. And Father, even though sometimes when we read your word, it stings a little, we're not going to avoid it. We're not going to just pretend like it doesn't say it. We're going to pause and we're going to let your word minister to us. You said that you'll give more grace, more favor, unmerited favor to the humble. So Father, we purpose right now to humble ourselves. Father God, to recognize and to be people who are grateful. Grateful for the air we breathe. Grateful for the house or apartment that we live in. Grateful for the car or even the ride that brings us to church. We're grateful. We're grateful. We're grateful that we have a job. Lord, there's a, there's a world out there who's looking for employment. We got a job. Thank you for that. We're grateful. We're grateful for your presence in our life. We're so thankful that you're showing us things that we've never seen before, Father. We love you. And we recognize that promotion and blessing come from the Lord. We honor you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.